That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Sulk. This is a Right now. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? It's finally starting to not make me laugh is our intro. <laughs> um, but welcome back, everyone. I hope you laughed uh, to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. I'm joined, as always, by Julius Sharp, a.k.a. Goldie. Hello. Hi. There we go. I'm looking at myself in the Zoom, and I'm just really starting to look like a Stanley Tucci knockoff (laughs) you'd see in a a you'd see in a mall kiosk. Stanley Tucci. You look great. Uh, And it's like I've been doing this look for years and years, and all of a sudden, this guy out of nowhere goes from character actor. To sort of beloved yes. booty. Yes. Yeah. And now I may have to change my look because no. this guy went to Italy and ate some food and everyone got excited. You know what, though? It's funny that you mentioned that because that was very popular. And I believe that was so popular because if you remember when that came out, it was like the first thing that CNN finally had the time to air because Trump was finally out of office. Like, they didn't have wall-to-wall news of people screaming about what Trump was doing. So finally there was a breath, and they're like, (laughs) throw Tucci out there. Let's watch Tucci eat spaghetti. And was he he just cheating on the whole quarantine? Maybe. Maybe. It's like, those are the people who get ahead. It's the people who break the rules while everyone else is obeying them. It's like no one else is making TV. Now's the perfect time to go to a shutdown country and eat everything. And everyone else will be like, we can't wait to get back to that. Well, he just gets to do it and we give him a pass because he's been in like three movies we know. Three. So many movies. So, oh, just a delightful career. Name, uh, name three. I can Pelican only name brief. one. <laughs> there were, first of all, there was a pause. So I can only name like, one. Well, Mission Impossible. It's true. Devil Wears Prada. That's my one. <laughs> oh yeah, huge. I and actually can't think of that many. Remembers. I feel like he. I feel like he was dressed up in like. Was he in like those? Uh, you know the the Jennifer Lawrence movies like Mocking Jay. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. What were those called? called? <laughs> I, I read Killing the books Mockingbird. and watched them. <laughs> The uh, teen series based yeah. on this is Alzheimer's yeah. conversation where right. you have yeah. to talk your way around the name. The teen no, we series, it. We it was got it, big. No, we well, got that, it. It's, you... fi- it's Fireface. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Isn't it? 
<laughs> first joke of the day. First joke of the day. Oh, okay. Sorry, Alex. A weak <laughs> submission to first joke of the day. Oh, the streak oh, is, unbro- is finally tweet. broken. First on lowered week. bar of the day. First lowered <laughs> bar of the day. <laughs> we should get Danny to record that. Oh, oh my God. And well, a second it, joke. As, and JC, we never said hello. 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 But we wanted to start off today with uh, some not-so-awesome news from the world of, of Goldie. Goldie, you you had a loss in your family, and I know you wanted to talk about it. So Yeah, a huge, is huge loss. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, my mother-in-law passed away suddenly uh, yeah. last week, just really out of the blue. Um, I'll talk a little bit in a few minutes about sort of the real world bizarre implications of that. But yeah. I, I just wanted to pay a little bit of a tribute to her because I, you know, she was just such a, a, a great beloved figure in my life. And um, so the opposite of what everyone thinks a mother-in-law is going to be, yeah. right. you know, what you've learned from reading old shoe cartoons and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 1950s shoe. songs, totally. Herman comic strips that yeah. we grew up on in the Boston yeah. Globe. Right. Um, and I, you know, the first time I met her, I had been dating my wife for a couple months and we went down to San Diego and she said, my mom has a gift certificate to this nice steakhouse. So it's a good time to introduce you and get a free steak. Oh, yeah. Man, which that's sweet. You know, at that Good time, combo. I was like, well, I don't know if this relationship is going to work, but if I get, you know, a rip eye <laughs> yeah. out of it, that's cool. <laughs> so uh, we drove down and it was it was so clear that her mom had been introduced enough times to other boyfriends that she was just totally jaded about it. Like, Stephanie <laughs> was like, this is gold. And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah. Have a stick. <laughs> and, and sort of like... Gave me a Roseanne-esque <laughs> stiff arm the entire lunch, which was very funny in retrospect. Uh, but once she was on my side, it was like, again, going the opposite of what you think of any mother-in-law. It's like in every argument with my wife, she took my side. Oh, that is She great. was always wow. secretly going to my wife and saying, you know, he's a great guy. You need to make sure. Yeah. Oh, God, That's what an amazing. ally. I know. Oh, and uh, so supportive of all the show business stuff, everything that everyone was doing, first of all, she was so supportive. If she met you at my house, she would follow you on Instagram. She she would send friends of mine messages of your kids are adorable. God, they're growing up so big. Or That's I love nice. your art. Keep going. Oh, I mean, wow. the, the amount of people she encouraged from a genuine place, you know, and, and I think we tend to get jaded about what we do. And, um, you know, it, sometimes it seems like everyone is doing this and it's not special. And right. this any success we have is is insignificant and we're all just dumping a bunch of crap out there onto airwaves that no one watches but she watched all of it and loved it like genuinely loved it and that's let so you know great. and yeah. when we were taping united we fall she she drove up to a taping and it was not an easy thing for her to sort of sit in a studio audience at that point yeah. for four hours and um during a break she she just came up to me and she, and she just took me by the shoulders and she said I, I just want you to look around and notice how special this is. Oh, just really God. notice this moment. And um Yeah. She was doing that all the time, you know. Oh, she was so just weird. noticing these moments 
And uh, it's That's so great. <clears throat> it's a really hard thing to do yeah. when you're in the thick of it with your kids and you're in the thick of it with work. And I, I, I'm just so appreciative that she made me do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, really nice that when she, uh, my first kid was born, she drove up from San Diego with a, a suitcase and, um, stayed up all night with a baby for two weeks we would go to bed and she would sit in our big uh recliner and hold the baby for 10 straight hours that's unbelievable from, from the invaluable hours of, you know, that's mvp like numbers and i and i yeah. see i saw steph put up a, ni- a really nice post of, of both yeah. her parents on veterans day and uh, there was a great shot of her as a, as a nurse. A nice. I, I, I meant to even mention, and of course, you know, I, but, I think well, that was the first thing I meant to mention. She was a Navy nurse in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's, that's amazing. Amazing. So yeah. I'm sure for her to hold uh, Julia in her arms all night for two weeks was awesome and, for you guys of course, to sleep. Yeah. My kids were so bonded to her and, uh, if there is a hell, um, that hell is that you have to give bad news to kids over and over. Like yeah. I'll tell you that telling my kids was maybe the worst moment of my life, but uh, sort of hilariously, <laughs> I think I told you about this. That, yeah. That, again, this came out of the blue. Um, total shock. Yeah. An hour before it happened, I was sitting in my office and it's it sort of my schedule had worked out that I had decided I'm going to surprise my kids tomorrow with a day at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> so oh I bought tickets to Disneyland. Oh. Yeah. I, I came home. I told my five-year-old, I said, I guess what we're doing tomorrow. And she said, what? And I said, what would be the most incredible thing you could do? And she went, Disneyland. Oh. And I said, you're going to Disneyland. She's like, because this whole quarantine, you know, she couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. She's never been. She's so excited. So I tell her she's going to Disneyland. An hour later, we get this news. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I have to pick up my other kid from a friend's house. She doesn't know. We get the kids together. We break it to them. It's the worst moment of my life. Yeah. And then an hour later, I tell my older kid. Just so you know, I got tickets to Disneyland for tomorrow. We don't have to go. Maybe we won't go. But if you want to go, I don't want you to think that just because you let yourself do something, you love your grandma any less, right? Oh, because it's beautiful. It's it's we're expected in these situations like the measure of good personhood is your willingness to torture yourself. Yeah over horrible events and i think you know there were parts of my family that were disapproving at even the idea of of going but honestly it it doesn't change right what happened it's not going to bring anyone back to life to sit home and suffer and you know i i was like don't worry these kids will be plenty traumatized by this they'll have plenty of time and so we ended up going and just sort of having a better day than we would have otherwise and i don't know if it was the right thing or the wrong thing i mean did you um, feel but, more... you know as i as i told alec 
when we had a conversation, maybe I've become like you, just another compartmentalizing fuck <laughs> who's able to take these areas of my life, stuff them in a corner when I need Onto to. Onto the rug. I mean, and then just ne- like live life and then go back to them and 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 never observe look at them it. in the darkness. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like, but I I think sadly, as you get older and you go through more of these things, you know, the the pointlessness. Of wearing the hair shirt every time someone dies, yeah, becomes yeah. apparent. But then you, there's the guilt of God. Should I just, you know, throw the emergency brake on my life and go into a skid? Right, right. No, I don't know. Does it yeah. make you a bad person? But I, I, I like no, to think God, that no. we no. celebrated her as we did that, and yeah, yeah, I haven't mean, become some sort of demons right no no i would say also it created a memory for your kids they can associate this bonded memory with you getting closer and having this nice moment with dad to associate with some very traumatic time instead of everything being such a downer because i remember when my grandmother died uh we were ushered into a room with a rabbi we were told the rabbi wants to talk to you that's just as fun as Disneyland. <laughs> and so, and I was sitting there, and he said, "So, uh, you, I know what you're thinking. Grandma's down there with all the worms." <laughs> what? Oh my god! Wow. Work on your opening banter. God, that's awful. All the and, worms. I, and, and I was sitting there. I was like. Uh, wasn't really thinking about that at this point. I am now. really sad. (laughs) I am now. You know, all the dirt and all the creepy crawlies just getting eaten. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad your study of the Torah has uh, honed your approach to this. What a terrible shtick. Was that the rabbi in Lexington, Massachusetts? No, no, because it was uh, my... Grandmother lived in Western Massachusetts. Amateur hour. Well, there you go. That's yeah. the closer that you get. The, the closer you get to Boston, the better the rabbis get with that shtick. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're out, out there, yeah. I mean, you're not in the big show. No, not at all. No, the big leagues is Boston. Brookline. You want to get Brookline. to Brookline? Oh, 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 yeah. oh my God! That would You've be. You made it as a rabbi. <laughs> if you're in Brookline, holy shit. You are cock of the walk. I mean, maybe like a Brooklyn rabbi could sort of turn up his nose at you, that's but funny. that's about it. Sure. Or in um, certain parts of L.A. That's in true. New York City. Oh, well, L.A. Yeah. It wasn't, whose dad, there's somebody whose dad is hilariously like the celeb rabbi of L.A. I think it's, you know who it is? It's um, Jonathan Silverman's dad, the, oh. the single guy. Yeah. Remember him from TV? Yeah. yeah. His dad is like apparently the absolute you know, sort of top of the pyramid Hollywood rabbi. Oh, I will say it, with, with rabbis yeah. as opposed to priests, at least you're always dealing with someone who's had sex. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Like just recently. the notion of like, okay, you're gonna go get some advice, uh, and it's an old virgin. <laughs> why? Why would they know anything? It's true. <laughs> Old virgin. Like they should be asking me, what's sex like? 
Oh my well, god. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I've oh. seen tits. Just yelling at the priest if you don't like his advice. <laughs> that would have put the I whole... touched a boob. <laughs> yeah. Hey. See, spotlight would have never happened if more kids had been like that. Oh, that is hilarious. All right. Well, you know, uh, my apologies to everyone about everything. (laughs) No, no, it's great. No, believe me, you can hide under the cloak of sorrow, which uh, is always effective. And and that was that was an unbelievably sweet tribute to your mother in law. Anyway, this one really hurt. Um, I'm going to miss her the rest of my life. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I wish I could just convey to people how great she was and and to just you, did. you know all right now second attempt to uh, wrap a bow on this issue um <laughs> that was it was all very sweet yeah, and i met her a couple times and she was just so nice and you always can oh she to, hated you, you. you well <laughs> I, I like her even I'm more kidding. <laughs> And I think you conveyed that she listened to the podcast. Like it's just and, and loved it, all, all and the, loved it, and and was I would always text me asking me about you, like concerned when the hurricane blew through. Did Alec lose his Aww. power? Oh, that's so and sweet. It's like you don't need to worry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's got flashlights. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, well, let's roll from that very sweet tribute into, into a real tragedy. Yeah, the segment of the show that's killing us. Uh, here it's time for Johnny Jokes. It's Johnny's! Ah, <laughs> uh, he's still full throated. Uh, all right, Johnny Carson style jokes. Here we go. <clears throat> well, maybe you read this news. Uh, Twilight star Kristen Stewart announced earlier this week that she is engaged to screenwriter Dylan Meyer. The actress says her fiancé is beautiful, she's independent, uh, but most importantly, she makes her scowl. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. She's she's not smiling a lot. Put on a happy face. Dower, 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 dower. Suck it dower, on a lemon face, lady. Dower gal. Smile, you're a movie star. Okay. Uh, here's another interesting story. Uh, a bar in Texas is putting some strict rules in place when it comes to playing Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas on their jukebox. Yeah, patrons can only hear the song once a night, and if it's before December 1st, the song will be turned off before it begins. Oh, that they'll abort. 
Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Sharp turn. Controversial, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Making a stand. Uh, now, now we get to one just as sharp and political. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm already dreading this one. Inmates in an Oklahoma prison are suing the state after guards put them in isolation and forced them to listen to Baby Shark for hours on end. In a statement, one of the inmates said they didn't want to sue the state, but there was nothing else they could do, 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 do. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Racing to the finish line. Here we go. I have two more today because it's been a while. Two more. Uh, These these are great, by the way, and I'm ready to call it for you already. Uh, No, please don't. Please stay and give me your funnier ones. Here we go. Here's a very fun story. A Vienna brothel is offering customers 30 minutes with the lady of their choice in exchange for getting vaccinated. Yeah, you know, it sounds like a good plan, but what do you talk about for 27 minutes? (laughs) Unclear. Unclear. Could have have done a little polish on that. Okay, here we go. Yeah, something about two quick shots. (laughs) There we go. See, that's better. I can hear the pop of the mitt as you're warming up in the bullpen. No, no. I can hear that mitt popping. No. Here we go. Little closer. Little closer. Here we go. Uh, Johnson & Johnson announced that they are forming two separate companies, breaking up Band-Aids and Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, uh, word is pharmaceuticals wanted to leave the Band-Aids when they started dating Yoko Ono. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. I thought, I thought it was, uh, they're announcing they're splitting into two separate companies that will be known as Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> that's great. So you instantly improved let's two of my Let's just count jokes. that as, as one of mine. <laughs> All right, are, let's go to other Johnny's. JC tries Remember, to regain her composure. <laughs> Can we? Yeah, you should, do, 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 I like the baby shark. Do, 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 okay. It was very good. It was very good. Oh, Yoko very good. Ono didn't like. No, uh, her her name is Poison. Okay, here we go. Uh, American Airlines canceled fifteen hundred flights over the weekend. Yeah, fifteen hundred flights. And in related news, the company has changed their slogan from "Fly the Friendly Skies" to. How about we push you around on the beverage cart? <laughs> I, I warned you. Light jab. Jabbing your way in. I love it. Uh, these that that might have been the best one. <laughs> the Atlanta Braves baseball team. The Atlanta Braves are <laughs> under fire after numerous Native American groups called their signature cheer the Tomahawk Chop racist. Yeah. The team has heard the concerns and says they're confident they can find a replacement gesture that's equally racist. <laughs> yes, clearly. Oh, boy. Like I a know hile. fake laughter when like I hear it. No, Not at on. all. And there's the audience. Nothing I was audience trying to here. picture one. Oh, boy. You thought we went off a cliff before? Here we go. We love it. A man in Spain has died after being gored at the running of the bulls. The cause of death was total bull's hit. <laughs> yeah, yes. I like that yeah. one. Oh, uh, there we go. I'm, I'm going to do one and then get the hell out of here. All right. Let's get the music ready. Okay. A doctor in England is claiming it's true. There is a connection between nose size 
and penis size. Yeah, the bigger the nose, the more he's lying about his penis. (laughs) (laughs) Fire the writer. No. No. Hire that writer. Oh, no, it's been a while since funny. we did those. Yeah, was, I've missed was, them. Yeah, it's a it's a I've good release. Yeah. Uh, and oh, we show you. I, I thought yours week. were very good. Yes. Uh, so no. did I. Well, as I, yours are sets. always good, Goldie. Always. Yeah. Never yes. question it. Yes. But keep criticizing yourself because I think that's part of it. So yeah. <laughs> keep keep doubting yourself. It keeps you going. Yeah. It's like Brady. Well, um, hopefully, people will just you know log on to the Zoom and think Stanley Tucci did it. <laughs> <laughs> In in April of 2020, Stanley Tucci <laughs> toured Italy and the world. Stanley Tucci cheated on the quarantine and Machiavellian-like became a star when everyone else was locked in their homes. I love he became a star. Guy's been a, a working actor for like 30 years. He's like a war, war. profiteer, but with disease and food. <laughs> a war profiteer. Oh God! Big night, wasn't that one of his? Movies? Yeah, I, I said that earlier. Oh, sorry. So you can hear <laughs> oh, that. Oh, rewind. Ones. Yeah, big night. So that's two oh, oh, memorable just... ones. It's funny. I, you're right. I can't really I remember too many. And the fact no. that the, so the, the whole fact thing, that, the the more you yeah. poke at it, the more it's just a con. <laughs> What is everything? The, we don't know the movies. Why he's <laughs> traveling around the world during a pandemic? <laughs> Who are they conning? I don't know. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. That's it. We're meeting in the garage later to talk <laughs> <Yes>. about this. <laughs> We're gonna turn the fan on in the basement while Syl and I go down there and talk some business. <laughs> Nice. Um, that's a Sopranos reference I'm that now JC gets. Now, yes. Also, now that we have a podcast and we know JC, you could just filter out the fan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, like the FBI oh. can't filter out a fan. I know. Yeah, now exactly. They can. It's like now they can. We know what's possible. All right. So our our theme today, which we've all been quite excited about, let me add, <laughs> um, the theme for today's show is bits. And now, first, I think we should talk for a minute about what. What that means. Uh, most of you probably know what that means. Bits is like when two people or a group of people have like an inside joke and, and they're doing something together. It's a bit. Yeah. If somebody's doing a little, you know, play acting for your benefit, that's a bit. Like jokes can be bits. But a bit usually in the, in the way that I think we're going to talk about it today refers to something that's kind of ongoing, that's been happening for years, that we've watched, that we've been witness to, that maybe we even have between us. Like Goldie and I, I was thinking about this. You and I have a, not a ton, but we have a couple of bits. Like often when we see each other, the first thing we'll say is, (laughs) exactly right, (laughs) which is a nonsense, a nonsense word, which is, which is just sort of, I, I always take it. I'm sure you do just to describe an overall state of mind that we're constantly in. A, uh, a dearth of things that are good and a plenty of things that are bad. how I would describe. Yes. And it also, it also is just literally dripping with Judaism, which we share. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a Hebrew word that would be uttered, you know, in temple that would also be about like mourning or loss or. Yeah. Sort of... I mean, even the, the good things in Yiddish sound like getting hit with a log. Like, <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> Kreplach is a... food. It's food. Oh, it is? 
right? Yeah, it's awesome. food, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I might even be something sweet. I, yeah, I think that's right. I think it is like a sweet pastry kind of thing. <laughs> I know my dad yeah. who listens to this, it'll be screaming in his microphone, it's a pastry! I mean, I, I, it almost feels like, let's get this right, a, a kreplach... <laughs> It's oh like, no! I'm sorry. Kreplach and noodles. So oh, uh, noodles. That's I'm thinking funny. of the cookies. I can't remember the name. But anyway, imagine yeah. you just sit down to a, a nice plate of soup with some noodles in it, and someone says, "Have some kreplach." <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting because German is similar in that yeah. it's a very harsh sounding language. Right. Like everything just... sounds like it was screamed in pain from a toilet. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and most of the time, it was I'm like. Oh, I yeah. Kreplach. <laughs> I, uh, I can't have Kreplach. <laughs> so, Buch is sort of a version of that where we just, when we sure. see each other right away, we just check in with each other, both to, to, to see that, yes, we're both, in fact, doing poorly. And we enjoy that. It can only go up from Buch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But sometimes it stays baseline buch for quite a while. <laughs> you can, we can have years buch. go by that are buch. I, I would categorize so, like my 2002 to 2006 as buch. <laughs> what were you oh, doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just not Stand great. up. Oh, no. You were out here. You were I, doing well. No, I really? was, but it was just oh, like. Your, your first marriage and my all that. My failed quickie marriage and then into my, yeah. just all the shit that was going on at that time was just like. Never been it's angrier like that. that I bought a nice wedding gift than that failed marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you should have stayed together just to earn that, Wait, that What did you pan. get? What did you get? It was a, like a really fancy pan of some sort Ooh, that, yeah. you know, of course you needed for French toast right. or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because you were having all these joyous brunches. <laughs> Is that right? No. No. I, I, you, got to, you tell me. You got divorced. I'm sure she kept like, the pan. Yeah, I, I don't it's even know that I had taken it, off probably. my socks that night after the wedding and you were divorced. <laughs> I remember that the water, uh, the hot water went out at the, yes. at the resort. And I remember you running across the street to go bathe in a river. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Where, I yeah. jumped into what a country? cold river. It, no, it was in Vermont. Oh. What country? Yeah. I mean, that was the other, the other like insane part of it is like, we all have to travel to some out of the way place. And yeah. then you instantly were like, no, nah, this is, this marriage isn't for me. <laughs> well, it wasn't for me either. It was so inconvenient. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, believe me, as inconvenient as the wedding was for you, it was even more so for me. Uh, yes. Jay-Z, how old were you when you got married? Oh, uh, do I have to say? Uh, 37. Whoa. No, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's when you should be getting married. Like, yes. what, what were you, like 28? No one should be. You don't no, know was, anything was, when you're. I was. 30 and and yes and i've talked yeah. about this many times before but that was a year i think five or six couple friends of ours were also getting married so it was oh. like the pressure was on yeah it was it was all botched it was ill-advised it was were uh, you guys right together thing. for a while before you got married a couple of years oh. oh over two years because i remember we were i mean we were not together physically but we were dating on 9-11 and she but she happened to be in new york and i was in la and like slept in late had no idea what had happened oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't watch cnn that, that right. i didn't watch anything <laughs> right it's just like 
up in that house in Laurel Canyon, like, ah, what a beautiful day yeah. to be home by myself. <laughs> but anyway, like a, an example of a bit would be calling you the heartbreak kid. Oh. Well, see, I don't know that this is a, oh, like now, just thinking yeah. of that. Okay, yeah. or is that something that you've done before behind my back? Which is fine. I love that title. Wait. No, I've, okay. I've listen. I've, I'll say to your face that you yeah. were just a horrible, horrible <laughs> groom. You yeah. inconvenienced everybody. <laughs> yep, I did. You you said a bunch of nonsense. Rumi was quoted at one point. Ru- I don't very know. liberally. The at poet Rumi, not by me. Yeah. Not oh, now we're reading from Rumi. Like, not yeah, let's let's all think <laughs> about this. Alex. Not by me. Really deep thing. Here's What's your happening? expensive pan, and you've got a foot out the door. <laughs> and I'm I'm supposed to like learn some lesson from this quote. Like I'm sitting here, and I'm so stupid and know nothing about love that some lady's reading something, and now I'm learning oh, from lady. you guys. Oh, yeah. it wasn't me. Right. Oh, the yeah. example in front of me, so exalted. I know. And I'm just. I'm taking it all in, and it's all a fraud. Yeah, it was. Sorry. It was a huge fraud perpetrated on my friends. And Alec- but I mean, you know, I, I'll take the heartbreak kid uh, analogy because that was okay. I feel like Goldie said that on the podcast before. He's even called you that on the podcast. maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, no? that was I? oh my god! It was yeah. sliding towards something that. Uh, yeah, I think I knew it wasn't going to work deep down, and then then really not that deep down. <laughs> Very soon after, Very surface, shallow down. I just knew. Yeah, uh, and shallow let's down. let's make it let's make it clear. As in ninety nine percent of the relationships that I'm in, I was totally at fault, not ready, <laughs> not prepared to to make that marriage work. Oh, she was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, she uh, was very. I'll nice. say another bit we have though that I just was reminded of when I said shallow down is we like to slightly tweak phrases. Yes. Yeah, you guys at do. each other. Always. Um, like like instead of gesund height, what will we say? <laughs> gesund width. <laughs> which I always love. And I, Goldie, you came up with that one because I remember the first time you said that to me, I laughed for like 10 minutes. Yeah, no, you, you love to do that. And we also love to, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, CJC loves that one. Gazun width. We also like to lengthen lengthen things unnecessarily with, with names, like Shishka Robert would be a thing. Oh, yeah. Know, like everything. Full like, name. <laughs> Because yeah. we don't know them very well, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they can see me. We can't. We can't call it uh, Big Sir because yeah. we we don't know it that well. So we call it Large Mister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eddie Money becomes Edward Currency. <laughs> it's all it's all dumb wordplay like that. But yeah, we we so yeah. that that is a bit that we are constantly doing, and that's actually. I would suggest that, honestly, to people who are listening. It'll drive certain people insane. <laughs> but as you go through life and you just speak random words and it occurs to you that something ends with a Lou, you turn it into Lewis. If something ends with a Bob, you turn it into <laughs> Robert. Robert. Like, it's a fun exercise for your mind. And I guarantee you, you'll kind of make yourself chuckle and hopefully like one other cool friend of yours. So that's something that we've done for years. And I always enjoy it when it happens, you know, when it occurs. We'll sometimes just text each other random <laughs> word plays that yeah, just variation. If I, if I get one. That's what's so great about texting is is that, you know, it used to be you'd have to <laughs> track a person down like 
yeah. you know, you were a private eye to, to corner them with a joke, and now you can just sort of barb it at them when you got it. It's nice. But it's, I guess the reason we wanted to talk about these things was that it, it's important as you're in a comedy room to keep it going. Like, there's so much time and so much sitting there. And if it's silent, it's so bad. Yes. And and there is, I, I think, from a professional perspective, there's a lot of value in people who can keep the mood up without being annoying. And yes. uh, I yeah. think we were going to talk about some of our favorites. We Yeah, we gotta, we've got a couple that we work with that do it nonstop and very well. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Goldie, one other bit that you've had for a very long time that I, I wanted to highlight because it, it always cracks me up, and I'll let you talk about it. Talk about Mike Utley. Mike Utley? Oh, wait, isn't, isn't that the name of the, um, the guy who was carted off the field? Oh, yeah. So I don't know it by that name. I just <laughs> know okay. it. But I think that's basically, yeah, we were watching football one weekend. And unfortunately, um, yeah. there was a very large hit yeah. on a player um, who was not able to move. Um, yeah. Subsequently, I believe, paralyzed and carted off the field. So already you can see the potential for comedy there. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. A hero um, among us but, did. But he, and, and this is something that a lot of football players do, is they get gravely injured. They're being carted off the field. And then they give the audience <laughs> like, a I'm thumbs okay. up. A thumbs so up. it's all going to be okay. But yeah. it's not going to be okay. And we know this. Like, at best, it's months of yeah. painful rehabilitation yeah. after surgery to get back to where you were one second ago. So my lifelong bit is <laughs> that as I'm being carted off the field, I'm giving the thumbs down yes. and just showing the crowd they shouldn't take any solace in this. This isn't a moment where you can clap and it's all okay. This is the beginning of a horrible spiral for me. And... And I did carry it out when I, about uh, 11 years ago, I was, I was biking in Griffith Park and uh, someone kind of like now, was it, came was out it of a, the blue. And, was it a normal bike or was it a recumbent? Oh, bike? no. No, this is what makes it so funny for everyone. I ride a recumbent bicycle, okay? Okay. Because I like them. Because you get to lie down, and it's a lot. It's a lot more easier okay. to pedal because yeah. it hurts your back and shoulders less. Anyway, so I'm on my recumbent bicycle. Someone just kind of comes out of the brush and jogs in front of me, and I'm going about 30 miles an hour. And I would have maybe injured, definitely yeah. injured, maybe killed them. Yeah. But I, I was able to swerve. But I swerved in a patch of gravel, so I'm just fishtailing, and I was clipped in. Oh. With my little bikey shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I should have done was just stay clipped in, fallen over, and I would have scraped up the side of my body. Yeah. What I did was I clipped out to try to put my foot down, and then my foot got sucked under the bike. Oh. The bike landed on my leg and instantly broke my leg and my Whoa. ankle. Oh. And I felt pain unlike any I've ever felt before. Uh, wow. The person who ran in front of my bike, while they didn't apologize, they did call an ambulance. So thank you wow. again. Yeah. Um, but as they put me on the gurney, uh, I did have someone 
Snap a picture of me. Yes. Give it the thumbs. It was down. one of the great. It belongs up there with the Muhammad Ali oh, taunting yeah, over Sonny Liston photo in terms of great sports photos. And you know what? Two surgeries and 18 months later, wow. I'm as good as new. <laughs> Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> That's it. That's so, all it wow. took. Only two? Yeah. Um, but I, I love that bit. And and you always find an opportunity to sort of like remind us that that's the the sentiment of the moment. Just the thumbs down being yeah. carted off the field. It, that should really be the standard for everyone being carted off of anywhere. Yeah. Yes. yes. Thumbs down. Because that's the subtext. It's like <laughs> thumbs up. It's like we all know that's bullshit. Nope. Thumbs very not up. So, so now those are some bits that that we have and that Goldie has and and as we mentioned earlier we, you know we've been working for quite a while you work in these writers rooms with different people and you cultivate bits in any writers room and some writers rooms have better bits than others some have more constant bits more hilarious bits more frequent bits meaner bits so i would say the family guy writers room for a long time was pretty mean like in in a great way like they had a ton of bits all the different writers would have bits to you know it was like a uh just like a gunfight at the okay corral every day when you'd come in where tom devani would attack john viner and john viner (laughs) would get mad and lash out at somebody else and gary Janetti would chime in and with a dart at somebody you know and it just would always and i loved it it was like a beautiful (laughs) chaos right but the first name that i mentioned there who may be responsible for let's say 80 to 90% of the bits in the Family Guy writer's room is Tom Devani. Now, if you're a Family Guy fan, you've seen his name up towards the front of the show for years. He's been there for a really long time. And he's he's older than we are, Goldie. He's a, he's like feels like a just a, a kind of a generation above us. And he worked on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He worked on um, uh, Perfect, Perfect Strangers. Strangers. Oh, awesome. Exactly. So he's been around for a while, but his bits, like you were saying earlier, they keep the room moving forward in a way where you're always laughing. He's the definition of like a clubhouse guy, you know, like right. he keeps the team motivated and moving forward. He's the the great uh, catfish speech in the movie Catfish. I don't, I'm sure you're, maybe you've seen that, Goldie. I know yeah, you've seen I've that seen movie it. Catfish. Yeah. Um, there's a great speech that the guy gives at the end of the movie where he describes this wife who was basically lying and created this whole controversy of catfishing. He described her in very simplistic terms as she's a catfish <laughs> because they used to ship the salmon across country in the tanks and they would die. And then they stuck a catfish in there with them and it kept the salmon moving all the time so they'd live. So it's like... <laughs> That's what Tom is to our room. Yes, he's, right. the, he's the catfish. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but some of his bits, some, somebody's vacuuming. Yeah. Oh. What is that? My wife had to print out five oh, pages. Oh, oh. oh I thought <laughs> oh, it was a vacuum. So, <laughs> that sounded like vacuuming. Yeah. I mean, these are you, these are the types of things you would you wouldn't know because you bailed on that first marriage so quickly. But sometimes <laughs> the spouse will need to print something, and most homes only have one printer. <laughs> That's true. That's right. I've been with Tall for 10 years. I'd like yep. to point that out. That's Make, true. Making it work. And, and, and two of them have been great. Uh, no, just, that's the oldest, oldest joke there. That's somebody else's bit. One of the bit. best. Somebody else's bit. Um, but Tom Devani, just to like sit on him for a minute, the, the, probably the thing that he uses the most that still gets me is when we're gathering in the morning 
and everybody comes to the room, you know, we're all sitting in there. And if anyone is a minute late, the minute they come in the door, Tom always goes, oh, there he is. Uh, like, there he is. <laughs> oh, you got that. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Have him say it again. Let's hear uh, that. There he is. Yeah. So anytime, if you, God forbid, come in one minute late, he wants to shine a spotlight on the fact that you are late. He wants to let everyone else know that you're late. And he'll always do it in front of whoever is the boss. Like, that's even funnier. Like, he doesn't just do it in, like, a quiet way. He really wants to shine a spotlight on people being late. And it's so funny because over the years, people have had, you know, by now, people, I think, universally laugh. But over the years, people have had such varying reactions to that. Like, if you catch someone on the wrong day, like a Gary Gennetti or, you know, somebody who's Kirk or, you know, somebody who's, like, a little more angry that morning, and Tom just lays that in. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. I'd love to hear what you were pitching. Were you pitching anything really important that I missed? What did I miss, Tom? Catch me up. Like, it's so funny. It just instantly throws a tiny grenade and then Tom to that would always go like whoa <laughs> that's an another one of Tom's bits is like he'll insult you and then if you ever get mad at him he'll, he'll just act like you're insane whoa out of nowhere <laughs> he's, and he's, I think from, from a writer's perspective like what's great is when something like that happens and it blows up it's all time coming off the clock. Yes. It's like, <laughs> we're closer to lunch now because there was a 40-minute blow-up and I didn't have to do anything and all I had to do was sit here and be entertained. Yeah. And it happens all... I'm just trying to think because Tom, Tom himself, he is the master of... He'll do a bit for the entire room, but often part of his bit is the cruelty, which is so awesome, of keeping his insult from the person he's insulting, but letting everyone else hear it. <laughs> he has what I like to call in the insult game an amazing short game. Like he can yeah. he can chip like golf balls onto a green insults <laughs> to just hit the ears of just the right people, but not quite the person he's insulting. So well, like, he's getting a little sloppy now. Yeah, of course, yeah. as, as father time marches on. But you no, know, generally his, he is like uh, absolutely laser accurate with where he will place his insults and he'll get like a group of four people chuckling and then somebody <laughs> next to them will realize, oh no, Tom, what did you say, Tom? Okay, what is it? But also part of what he does is he, he says these things that anyone in the know will take as a joke but then people who don't know will take them as legitimate conversation starters. And part yes. of it is him then enjoying the stupidity of someone responding to his comment. Like when he'll at a party, when he'll get on a balcony right? and, and there's the sunset, he has two comments he'll make. He'll, he'll either say, uh, uh, the big guy paints with quite a brush, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, someone who is legitimately God. devout would, Follow that up and engage yeah. in a conversation. And then he has a follow-up where he goes, hey, yeah, I'll tell you what that is. That's an atheist's worst nightmare. <laughs> no, but he likes to come out like when you're it's you're you've got the quotes exactly right. But it's like if you're out there staring at a sunset, he'll come from behind you and, and give you a little nudge with the elbow and go, uh, every atheist's worst fucking nightmare, huh? <laughs> like nodding. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that. And so an atheist is, is a nice sunset. An atheist is like, fuck, I don't know. It's my worst How nightmare. to respond to this. Yeah, clearly God is at work. Uh, but he he's an expert at, at all that stuff. And he, I like well, to just... Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, and his bits I've now seen uh, have been ported from room to room. Like, uh, you want to talk about lot to chew on. Oh, lot to chew on is, oh, one of the best bits ever. And now it's like we, we've heard it so many times that it's lost its effectiveness. But the original lot to chew on that I heard, I'm sure he used it way back at Perfect Strangers and <laughs> Fresh Prince. It's all because Tom is hilariously lazy. And I would I would call myself lazy without the hilariously. But Tom is hilariously <laughs> lazy where he wants to be done with work. Like he wants to be having a beer, you know, watching sports. He does not want to be two at work. beers. A couple beers, ten, a beer or two, so, sixteen. So Tom does this thing like he used to do this thing like where it would it would be like two forty five in the afternoon, and this is at Family Guy fifteen years ago. It's two forty five in the afternoon, and if there was like a five second pause where nobody was pitching and nobody was saying anything, Tom would just go. Well, a lot to chew on. Like he wanted to say, like as if we were about to be dismissed. And like, start to stand up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. And start standing. And well, a lot to chew on. Just like you le legitimately would at the end of a day where you'd work hard, right? Yes. Like it, it captures that exact vibe of if you had worked really hard. Yeah. And there was a lot to chew on because there'd been so much productivity that someone could legitimately do that at you know eight forty five and I just go well there's there's a lot to chew on it. Right. so now I've been in in numerous other rooms where people will you know it when you want to leave it's a way of letting everyone know yes can we just leave I know it's Please. so great can can we and and I think this the doesn't matter it's become this like universal shorthand for. Come on. I know. Let's just go. Right. It's like, eh, what to chew on? But the, the funniest thing was the first time I heard that was when David Goodman, Mr. Moving On, was our, uh, the showrunner of Family Guy. Moving On! There he is. <laughs> and so Tom doing that to David. David was... A family Guy now is like a, a adult daycare. It's like a camp, you know. It's just it's very easy. But back but back then, it was like David was serious. You know, he was a serious showrunner. He was a great showrunner, but he wasn't like there was. It was kind of no nonsense in a way about work. So the right. fact that Tom would say at two forty five, well, not to chew on. David's instant reaction was to bite his. No, no, Tom, sit down, Tom. No, you know, like it would be like smacking a dog on the snout with a with a newspaper like so and david goodman himself is worth mentioning because he had his own bits but mostly people had bits about him because as you can hear from his voice he's somewhere between ray romano and chewbacca in the way that he talks <laughs> i mean i i love his voice it's like so imitable uh and fun to, to do but there were there was a room bit forever that still kind of is there about kirker gets a pizza which is like, yeah. he... he uh, what's yeah. that? Go ahead, Goldie. Well, what's, what's hilarious about Goodman is he appreciates the bit, also hates the bit. <laughs> From a, Comedically, he knows it's a good bit. Personally, it really 
bothers him that it's happening. And so you can see the contradiction in him as he both simultaneously enjoys it and hates it and slowly yes. goes crazy, which is really gratifying because he, would, for some reason, it became Kirker in the bit where he would, you know, David would say, get some pizza, but for, we turned it into, get some pizza! Yeah. Get some pizza. Get some pizza. Get some pizza. Yeah. Get some pizza. So it, it became, turned... it became, get some pizza. <laughs> get some for some pizza. reason. Yeah. yeah. But, and also Kirker's name. And it name. spun away from what it originally was and just became like a fun thing to say is, get some pizza. Right. And that was all sort of based around that we would, we used to actually stay late and we would stay through dinner. We would order pizza and David would kind of send us out in waves to get the pizza because the room could never be empty because we needed to keep going. He was, again, he was serious about getting shit done. Yeah. So the, the, the aside to Kirker was like, it was finally Kirker's turn. Like, Kirker, here's the pizza. <laughs> and it, that was just like, that made us laugh for a really long time. Um, and still. And still, still to this day. He also Seth was Seth was in the room when David was running the show. Seth, Seth? McFarlane. <laughs> There's Danny <laughs> excited about Seth. That's another room bit. So that's Danny Smith. And David will love the fact that Danny Smith just stole the bit away from him. So we're gonna talk about Danny Smith now. Danny Smith has Sorry, been a David. writer at Family Guy since day one. Hilarious, sweet, awesome guy. And he has yeah. a, a hundred bits of his own. And that a is one to play that play that again. Seth? So that is Danny Smith, and he does this every time because he sits with his back to the writer's room door, and every time someone will come in the writer's room, like sort of grandly opening the door, that's Danny turning around wondering if it's finally <laughs> Seth reappearing, and, and Seth hasn't been in the writer's room for 10 years. So it's even funnier that he's just like the widow up on the, you know, the Gloucester porch waiting for her husband to come back from the sea. Uh, but but Danny doing that is funny. Danny also, of course, has uh, you know I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Which yeah, I even, got goosebumps just thinking about it. it. That isn't even quite a bit. That's like Danny just honestly <laughs> talking. I, when I he think he does get goosebumps <laughs> just get, thinking about it. He gets goosebumps frequently because Danny is what we like to call a storyteller. He tells a lot of stories, <laughs> uh, mostly amusing and entertaining. <laughs> but he'll often throw in I got goosebumps just thinking about it as sort of a way to cue us as the audience, like. You should find that emotional, what I right. just told you. Um, but Danny's got 100 bits. So the, the Family Guy room just has bits flying all the time that now, since everybody's been there for 10-plus years, we all know each other's bits, and there's a shorthand now. And Danny has a just, thing, which you said earnestly at one point, where, where there, again, there was a silence in the room for, like, maybe a minute, and Danny just chimed in through the silence, and, and he was asking seriously, he goes, Wait a minute, what are we pitching on? <laughs> like, so now whenever there's a silence in the room, like somebody will invariably say that as as Danny, which was it now become its own bit. But I, I don't know, Goldie, if you had any more family guy thoughts and memories, because I was gonna move on to No, Tom. I mean I just yeah. wanted to return to one Goodman thing, yeah. which I okay. think it was Seth's bit. But it was David Goodman in the shower singing Billy Joel. I want to take credit for that. <laughs> I, I, th I believe that oh, was okay. my bit. But Seth, but Seth performed it way better. Yeah. Yeah. You want to give us a taste? Oh, yeah. So David, as we said, sounds like a cross between Ray Romano and, uh, and Chewbacca. And, and I think he's really not into music, right? Not at all. Not like, at all. Kind of famously, like his favorite song might legitimately be Monster Mash. 
<laughs> I think he did say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, awesome. he does not like uh, music. In fact, another bit in the room, and, and I'll get back to that showering thing, was David this one time in the room was saying one more time. And I, from the other end of the room, I kept going one more time like that, you know, that <laughs> yes. 90s kind of yes, club song. song. Yes. And he and he would he would often do this when he didn't know what was happening. He'd go, what? What was that? What was that? <laughs> uh, anyway, one more time. Uh, you know, anyway, one more time. And I again, from the end of the room, I go one more time. And I got Danny Smith sitting next to me just like loving it. So now he and I do that bit whenever somebody says one more time because David didn't know that song. But yes, yeah, so David. Not very musical, proudly not musical, I'll say. And so it just, the sound of his voice, Seth loves Billy Joel. I love Billy Joel. You love, who doesn't love Billy Joel? Everybody here loves Billy Joel. JC? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Phew. That was almost a deal breaker. Um, but so I, I thought it would be funny to picture David in the shower, you know, shampooing his hair, just kind of you know, singing Billy Joel for no reason. And it was just like, you know, oh, she takes care of herself. <laughs> and then people took that up with other songs. Like, I feel like somebody did it with, you know, Down Easter, Alexa, and, you know, Pressure. And that, that became sort of an endless bit in and of itself. Um, but yes, yeah, so Family Guy, we, we laugh. Uh, that's what I tell people who ask, is, is your job fun? I'm, I'm like, I laugh every day. And we do. And it's because of these bits. So I wanted to talk about and Goldie obviously will have something to say about this. Another Tom. We happen to know two Toms who are older than we are. Not significantly. Just, <laughs> you know, older than we are. Been, been around in the business for a while. One is Tom Devani from Family Guy. The other one is Tom Gamble yeah. from uh, We Worked on Dads with him. But I, I won't smear him with that. He's been <laughs> on The Simpsons, Seinfeld, Saturday Night Live, Letterman, uh, Curb. He, he's done everything. Gary Shandling. Oh, Gary wow. Shandling. He, everything and, except dads. I know. Amazing. It's really to, to be proud of. But Tom Gamble. We, uh, I've worked with him twice, but he was in the dad's writer's room and he made that room hysterical every day. Like what I, what my memories of that room and Goldie, I've said this many times is, is you absolutely killing it. Like in terms of pitching jokes that were for the scripts, you know, like things that we would say, put that in, yeah. put that in, put that in. Awesome. Whereas Tom Gamble again was like the catfish of that group. <laughs> he had so many hilarious bits that he would do in that room. And, and Goldie, I know you remember some of the stuff that he would do in there, don't you? Or well, do you remember my when he favorite would... one? Yeah, was Mrs. Manicotti. So yes, this was a character too. he would do. Uh, his seat was next to a window, and yes. the window opened up into the parking lot. And the first parking space in the parking lot was David E. Kelly, the famous showrunner. Yeah. Yes. So Tom would lean out the window. In the character of an old Italian woman who'd been in the neighborhood forever named Mrs. Manicotti. <laughs> yeah. And Mrs. Manicotti would comment about the shrubbery. There was a lot about how the neighborhood had changed. Yes. And something that Mrs. Manicotti was fascinated with was that David E. Kelly was a big deal <laughs> because they, he used to run around and they called him Smelly Kelly. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't know that I could do the voice that he used, 
Oh, I, but I, I can't because his voice at is one so point, Fresh baked pies were brought into the room and placed on the windowsill. He took it very far. And then yes. at another point, he started smoking. So he could, he could lean up the, the window, window smoking as Ms. Manicotti, and he didn't smoke. No. And, and let's add that he did not keep smoking. He smoked for the bit. It was for right. the bit. He would literally... And I, I believe outside the window was like a potted uh, plant potter as well. So that enabled yeah. him to do even more bits. Like he had <laughs> yeah. an ashtray. And I'm trying to remember the voice. Was it like, oh, I gotta... And let me tell you another thing. About <laughs> yeah, yeah. David E. Kelly. Well, I don't know who David E. Kelly is, but I do know who Smelly Kelly was. Yeah. A five-year-old rapscallion who would run around this neighborhood wreaking all sorts of havoc. You know, like, it was just... I mean, in this every day... A solid 40 minutes of Mrs. Manicotti. <laughs> he had so many little funny things that he would do there. <laughs> do you remember Duck, Duck, Goo? Do you no, remember I, that? that sounds awesome. Sort of, but I don't really remember the genesis of I think, it. Was it. I think it was because we had a PA at one time who... Uh, and this was a very funny thing. He oh, was yeah. struggling to like do many different things around there. He was just kind of a struggling PA who was struggling to kind of make it and start to be good at, at what he what he was doing. And at one point he had to photocopy lunch menus for us. And so we got all these lunch menus and we noticed that like the end of every sentence was cut off. Like he hadn't photocopied them aligned properly. So our friend John Viner, who is not asked to be part of this podcast, was also in that room. And I remember him hilariously asking the PA, he was like, yes, I'll have the shrimp and. And like it was just, you know, because it was cut off. And so then Tom Gamble developed that into, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I think maybe as a kid he played Duck, Duck, Goo. And like, so we, we, used to, we used to talk, he used to cut everything off when he talked about this PA, you know, like. This and again, a, it was from one mistake. I know. And it was months. Yeah, when he, he drives up in his Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he, uh, Tom Gamble's voice is very distinctive, as is Tom Devani. And, and to go back to Family Guy, Tom Devani, I would describe him as half Johnny Carson, half experimental Nazi doctor. Like, that's the way he comes across to me. Like, his bits are sort of, like, that hilarious and that mean sometimes. And he's got a shock yeah. of white hair, like a... Marathon know. man dentist meets Johnny Carson. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And Tom uh, Gamble... It's just, he could not be, like, he's the opposite. They're yin and yang. Like, Tom Gamble is he's all He's like a light. Jim Henson puppet. Yes, and he, but he's all, like, light and love. And, and Tom Devani is, too, at his core, but his bits are mean as hell, whereas Tom <laughs> Gamble, his bits are, like, very everyone-friendly. Do you remember say. specifics of the tour guide? Oh, God, I wish I did. I was just thinking about that. But that was another hilarious bit that Tom Gamble did when... Tell, tell, let's talk about that, Goldie, because... Well, when we would go in the dad's studio for... You have these... They're called run-throughs. And basically what it is, is the progression in a multi-camera is you, you, you know, you write the script and you do a table read, which is when the cast sits around a table and they read the script like it's a play. And some people get into it and do a good job and others kind of tank it. Yeah, anyway. That always sucked. And then you get it up on its feet in the studio and you have a run through and the first run through is typically just for the the writing staff i think i might be getting this wrong 
It's been a while. I the think second the run studio through, run through and the network run through. So yeah, so the studio yeah. run through is for the people who produce the show. They pay the money. Uh, they get, and then the network is the consumer. They're going to air it, and they get a run through the day before the taping. Yeah, and it's it's a chance to just make the writers redo everything five times. Yeah, but so Tom Gamble, before anything starts, there's always this moment where not everyone knows what's going to happen when it's going to start. Right, there are people that, setting up scenery and still yeah, checking, checking and that, lights, and that tension if it doesn't resolve. And then the first joke of the thing doesn't work, you're dead. Like yeah. nothing is going to work for some reason. And so Tom Gamble would take that moment and he would jump in. <laughs> On stage. Per- yes. He'd get in front of everyone and say, um, I'm, I got to find his voice. Uh, hey, 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 yeah. Uh, can I have a attention? Uh, okay. So the tour's about to start right now. And he would start giving a tour. Of the studio and and present fake facts in Arcana that he was making up on the spot. So funny. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, he used to... Are you all right there? Did you get cut yeah, off? Yeah, no, I, I know. It, it looks like I just glitched, but it, I'm trying to come up spontaneously. No, because he, he would be like, this, of, is, you know, this, is the, this is the famous Studio 9 where uh, Johnny Tata filmed his, uh, <laughs> the picture T for two. You know, here come the ladies or something. He would always make it like a slightly like un-PC sounding title from the 50s yeah. of like something that was filmed there. You know, like, it, He was just so funny. And he, so he would take... That Who would have thought Zazu Pitts would star in a surf comedy multicam? <laughs> well, it did happen in 1961. Right. Surfs down. Yeah, he would, yes. he would, and it was great because everybody loved it. Like, obviously, all the writers, you know, we already knew he was hilarious. So we were just tickled by it. But it did, like you said, it just perfectly cut the tension of, you know, we're about to put on this show for you and we hope you like it. And it out comes this really like incredibly <laughs> likable, like basically like a hound dog of a person, like coming out there with that high, that high voice. And he would launch into these ridiculous things every time. And he would have a new one for every run through. And wow. I think by the end, he actually started jotting stuff down beforehand because <laughs> he knew how much yeah. everyone liked it. <laughs> Um, but That's yeah, crazy. but it became more popular than the show. It almost <laughs> ate the show. In yes. this, then it was so much better and funnier than whatever we were going to see <laughs> because of the because of the the way they the that a bit accumulates. Yeah. and he kept topping himself always in a way that the show didn't. Oh God, nope, <laughs> it sure did not. And we proved it week after week. Um, but yeah, that so... in itself was almost a running bit of. Yes. How it sort of, <laughs> yep. you know, it, it became a life of like, well, who's dropped out this week? What executive <laughs> isn't showing up anymore? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, those you have to have bits about like the morbid stuff that's going on in your show. I mean, by the end, even the cast wasn't there and I, I was in the run through. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. Goldie was in uh, Peter Riegert had a heart episode. I don't even think it was a heart attack. He was fine. No. It was, was something, fine. right? Some kind yeah. of episode. I, I don't know. A medical a- episode. Anyway, he could not be there for the run-throughs, and we just put Goldie in as the old grumpy Jewish dad <laughs> instead, and there was, like, very little noticeable drop-off <laughs> in, what, in the way everything worked. Not that Goldie... I'm not sure anyone noticed. <laughs> right. By that point, they had just kind of said, okay, 
yeah, this show is what it is. But bits, obviously, they they happen every day, all the time in writers' rooms, and and all the time between writers. Like you know, I'm sure Goldie that you have bits with uh, like Dan Cronin, you know, who's another one of our writer friends. And, you know, the the bits cross-pollinate between funny people you know. It doesn't just have to be people in your writer's room. You have bits with people in life, as Goldie and I were talking about earlier. And now, Goldie, just to bring it full circle back to you, because this is a story that I always love to hear as many times as I've heard it. You have a bit um, with our, our friends, uh, Kevin Biggins and, and Travis Bow, And so mm-hmm. I'd like you to just describe that bit a little bit. Yeah. So the bit is called thanks again for the rice. And here's <laughs> what it is, is, uh, so we took a, a show trip with the Cleveland show to Las Vegas and drank and did as much other stuff as you can possibly <laughs> imagine. And then the Sunday morning, we were driving back in, uh, you know, the state that you would expect. And I (laughs) needed to get gas for my car. So I dropped them off at that place, Big Nick's. That's like the Eros. And it's it's advertised all the way from Vegas to L.A. um, And so I went to get gas and I said, just order me something and we'll come back and eat with you guys. So I get back and, you know, they've each ordered themselves a, a Euros, chicken Euros and fries. And then I get my plate and it's chicken Euros and rice. Like I'm incredibly hungover and everyone else is eating French fries. And they've got me this plate of rice, which is no one wants rice. You want fries. No one wants rice in that situation. There's not a human being on earth who's hung over and chooses rice <laughs> as their food to kind of like get back in the game. And so at the time I said very sarcastically, thanks. Thanks for the rice. <laughs> thanks. And then it became like the next day at work, the following Monday I showed up and I just said in some break that we had some wall in the room, I just said, uh, Oh, Hey guys. Um, I was just thinking about the weekend and, um, I just want to say thanks again for the rice. <laughs> and, and then it it became like a week down the road, there was a wall in the room, and I said, you know, I just said, hey, before it slips my mind, guys, I I just want to say thanks again for the rice. And so I've now been doing this for almost 15 years where maybe just once or twice a year, I'll just out of the blue text them like, hey, <laughs> Thanks for the rice. Thanks again for the rice. (laughs) And also to the point where you included it in the thank yous for your book. Yeah, maybe even the last one. I just wanted to say, and and Travis Bowden, Kevin Biggins, thanks again for the rice. (laughs) That's great. That's a a bit that has spanned the decades. Oh, God. Well, and and bits are fun, and they they make you laugh. And Goldie, your your original point, I think, is, is the most important uh for writers out there is they they keep you sane in the moments where you think you're not moving you actually are it's just by just by getting into the comedy of these bits you you get in the right mindset and you're you know the next thing you know you're pitching actual stuff for the script so it's not like wasting time it can be and that can be great too but it it really can just sort of stimulate the writing process to the point where all of a sudden you're just exploding with, with, you know, jokes, which is, it's a great uh, thing. Yeah. And I'll also say career wise, it can, if done correctly, it can, 
have a very positive effect. I, I want to talk about when you when you brought this subject up, there was one thing that I, I had to bring up from the making history room, which is. Yeah. So there's this George Carlin uh, routine called Modern Man. Are you familiar with it? Actually, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, he got it was in one of his later specials. He's elderly and he let, gets on let me stage guess. He and he's says, like modern man is different than ancient man. No, he, <laughs> he did kind of a rap. It was not his best work. And he was like, I'm a modern man. I've been downsized and uploaded. I've been, yep. you know, it, it, you, you can get it just from that where yes. it's like he was trying to say all these buzzwords that were opposites and tie them together. Yeah, I've and, been micromanaged. And macro yes, brood. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's perfect. And so we started doing those in, in the making history room. During break, if you would think of one, you would say one, we'd go, haha. And then there's this writer, Sean Clements, who's just a friggin' genius. And um, they have he has a podcast called Hollywood Handbook. It's awesome. You probably know it if you listen to this. It's pretty well known. But so he's a really gifted improviser, a, a, a great performer, and just genuinely hilarious person. And we were sitting there one day, and he said, um, I think I can do a whole routine of this. And we were like, okay. And he's like, no, no, I, re- I really think I could, I could do this. I said, okay. And I said, um, okay, uh, why don't you take two hours and go to your office and write it, and then we'll do it in the room, and we'll just, we'll just sort of see if it works. And he, he was like, okay. And so he came back and fucking crushed it. Like, it was, he, he, he gave like a, like a four-minute full performance. It was unbelievable because it was like this perfect searing parody of this bit that no one cares about right. except us your room and and it was now going forward anyone who witnessed that would be like well you gotta hire that guy i mean he did this <laughs> totally. incredible modern man thing like it was a it was a show of skill that you don't normally get in a writer's room where everyone's just saying a thing saying a thing and over the course of time you might get to know well this person's functioning at a really right. high level this person's better at this this person you know maybe isn't up to the level of this person but they do emotions really well it was just like a tour de force of like Oh, this guy's an alpha. Like, wow, oh, he's that's awesome. He has a skill be uh, above and beyond, and I, I just wanted to remember that because it was so you're totally impressive. Right. Well, you're totally and right. Crazy and, and, good. And so Sean and and Tom Gamble was that way with Mrs. Manicotti, where you're just like this. I'm watching like somebody who's touched by God, like right. doing this bit, and then yeah. and Tom Devani is is this, like. And to your point, you're exactly right. Where if anyone who was ever in these in a room with these people for any period of time had the opportunity to hire them, they'd be like, yeah, I want them in my room. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's it's awesome. So now we've talked about bits. You've heard a lot of the old bits, and I'm sorry for any of the bits along the way we forgot. There are so many of them, <laughs> so many of them. Uh, we could probably do another show on that, but we won't. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY 
at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So now we get to the part of the show that we like to call Top 5. Top 5! There it is. (laughs) A little delay, but we got there. Uh, Okay, and this week we are doing... Top five documentaries, just to show that we're smart, hoity-toity people and we watch documentaries. We thought we'd name five of them. Oh, yeah? You like documentaries? I've seen five. (laughs) Um, This was fun to think about. Does anyone have a desire to go first? I'm happy to, or or whatever we want to do. Go ahead. We're rusty. Unless you want to go first. Yeah. I'll get started. Alrighty. All right. Here are my top five documentaries. Number five, When We Were Kings. Nice. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, it's, it's on my Love list. Love that too. one. It's about Ali Muhammad Boumaye. Ali. Ali yes. Boumaye, exactly yes. right. So that's Muhammad Ali's fight with George Foreman, the rumble in the jungle that contained uh, the first rope-a-dope. Um, great fight, great documentary. Highly recommend it. Very yeah. exciting. Number four, and this is where I get a little snooty on YouTube. <laughs> Here's one that I defy you to spell. Called Koyana Scotsi. Oh, I contemplate. Oh boy! It, yeah. If you're ever watching a documentary and you're stoned, and you're stoned this exactly. is the absolute best documentary you will ever see. It's I don't know who directed it. That's how stoned yes, I was. Yeah. It, I know it was a like a Coppola uh, oh, under that. his umbrella. It was from no, his no. Company. Uh, wasn't it Werner Herzog? Oh, I, I do don't not know. know this. Oh, I don't think so. I saw um, that in the theater. Oh. Wow, you are old. I know. Oh, no, it was probably a revival. It was a revival. You couldn't have seen it the first time. Okay. Um, But Koyana Scotsi, it's a Native American word, which is very holy, (laughs) um, and it means life out of balance. And it's basically just all this footage of kind of like life in the modern world and then life in the natural world. But it's incredibly cool visuals. Okay, enough It wasn't Werner Herzog. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. Okay. All right. Good of you to stand up and say so. Number three on my list is a documentary uh, called Salesman. Oh. I don't know if you've seen this. It's by these guys, the Maisels brothers. They did uh, Grey Gardens, which is another uh, good one. But this was in the late 60s when documentary was still, you know, felt kind of fresh. It's in black and white, and it's about Bible salesmen from the Boston area. It's, oh, it's it's like heartbreaking to watch because it's just a, a, a profession that's going out the window at that era. And just watching these guys from Boston. With everyone has, everyone who wants a Bible has one. I know, by that time, <laughs> correct. And they were, they Always. found that out, they found that out the hard way. I'll, let me put it to you like that. Um, but it's a great watch. Highly recommend. Number two, uh, we've all seen this, Roger and Me. Roger and me, I thought was a great documentary. I mean, Michael Moore has sort of become this lightning rod of like, people love him, people hate him, people don't care, people say enough. Well, this was kind of his first, I think it was his first thing. Yeah, Yeah. he is a lightning rodney. 
bits. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The bit has come back. A lightning Rodney. For those of you who listened to bits, who didn't fast forward. Uh, so Roger and me was great. Uh, number one, hoop dreams. Oh, so mm. good. Loved hoop dreams. You know, can rewatch it at any time. Just a fascinating and again heartbreaking story of uh, two high school kids with with dreams of uh, going pro. Great documentaries. That's my list. And do they make it? And uh, <laughs> I don't want to give it away. And one of them's one of them's <laughs> name, by the way, in a cruel twist of uh, fate. One of the players' names is Bill Gates. <laughs> Did he make it? No. Um, all right. That's my list. Go ahead. Anyone. That's a good list. Yeah. Solid. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you go, JC? I feel like. Okay. Um, let's see. So my number five is... Um, good place to a, start. Yes. A documentary called Some Kind of Monster, which yes. is so good. Yeah. It's um, Don't know that. Metallica. It's like a behind the scenes. It's oh. Alec. I think you would love it. Um, really? Yeah, because you get to actually see the drama and experience like the inner turmoil of a very successful band, rock band. Yeah. And there's so many things that are that really people don't understand about that lifestyle in that world. And I thought it was. It's just there's so many very interesting, accurate depictions. Uh, there. I'm intrigued. Can I just add a? They go into group therapy, and then the therapist starts pitching them song ideas. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love so that. that that gives you an idea of sort of <laughs> yes. the world you're in. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's really good. Great. Um, number four, sorry, Standing in the Shadows of Motown. Oh, yeah. Which was, I saw that. Yeah. Um, I, that was I guess, great. I guess I have a lot of <laughs> music ones here. I so, love music documentaries. Yeah. Um, and also that came with a... a DVD and I think a like a book with lead sheets because I remember buying that as gifts for people but it was amazing and like Motown the artists received no royalties (laughs) probably (laughs) three when we were kings oh Mm. god bless you (laughs) Uh, number two another music documentary called 20 feet from stardom Oh, that was great. Yeah, I love that. I love that about the backup singer, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And I and actually Stu did a tour with Modest Yahoo and uh Judith. I we only Modest say, Yahoo when? <laughs> Modest Yahoo. Modest Yahoo. <laughs> I forgot oh, Judith Hill. We would always say like Judith Priest, but Judith Hill was one of the women in this movie. She ended up opening it for Modest after he saw this movie. I like Judith um, Priest. Yeah, by the way. that's good. That's a good bit. That's a it. And then my number one, which is the nerdiest, um, uh, it's called Wordplay, which is um, it features Will Shorts, who's one of my absolute heroes of like oh, Will my, Shorts. Yeah, sure. It's about you know the crossword puzzles and the people who create them and the New York Times and I've seen it so many times with the commentary with I just absolutely love Amazing. it. I hate Will Shorts. No, I know you do. No. You you have an axe to grind with him. Oh, Why? here we go. I no, I have an asp to grind <laughs> with him. <laughs> That's right. That's perfect. Oh, this Egyptian biter. Uh, like, enough with the fucking ass. <laughs> Mel Ott. Yeah, those Get are... Get the fuck out of here with oh, Mel no, Ott. African, African menace would be asp a lot. African menace <laughs> asp again. And also, who was the... Uh, Isai Morales yes, was never always. famous. Until but, yes. but they, Stop it. They always used his name. 
It's like we got vowel name Morales. And uh, Charlie Chaplin's Baseball's wife. Baseball's Mel. Yeah, Una. Ot. Una. Exactly. Ot. Get Baseball's Mel. Ot. Yes, <laughs> anyway, it's because I can't do it. I can't even come close to doing a Friday. Oh. There's something oh. wrong with me. No. Um, this was really hard for me. Even as you guys were talking, I was like eliminating and looking. And, yeah, and all this. I, I just took stuff off because you'd mentioned it. But uh, here, here we go. Uh, number five, I'm going to go with Man on a Wire. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've... About the guy uh, walking oh, yeah. a, a tightrope across great. the World Trade Center. The, 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 the was... little Frenchman. Yes. The oh. footage is simply stunning and incredible yep um number four not a fun watch but love it capturing the freedmen's oh yeah wow creepsville it is creepsville uh number three i'm gonna go with american factory which is yep a documentary about a chinese company that opened a factory in ohio and then they go to china and you see how (laughs) these plants are run in china Versus. versus how they're run in the United States, and it's it's very bleak. Wow! Yes. but it's amazing. Yeah, they get wow. and, and that's that's the one where like the people the the Chinese sort of executives that are brought to the U.S. factory to like whip it into shape like just are confounded <laughs> because there's so many rules protecting the workers here right. that like don't exist yeah. in China. So in China, they're getting their output is they're incredible. living right. at the factory <laughs> yes. and they've left their family for you know a year wow. and they're happy about it. Somehow, yes, because they're right. part of something. Yeah. Wow, um, it's incredible. Uh, number two, and I, Alec, I know you're gonna be mad that you missed. I, this. I, I know what the, I know what it is. Can I can I guess? What? History yep. of the Eagles. The Eagles. No, that's number one. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Sorry. <laughs> but number two. Oh yeah. American movie. Oh shit! I don't know what that is. I am mad. American oh, movie okay. is about these two guys who make their own horror films oh. in Milwaukee called oh. COVID. And yeah, they that's incredible. Oh. And number one, to. it was a tie, and uh, I was going to cop out and do a tie, which is History of the Eagles. Which anytime I have any marijuana is all I want to see. <laughs> okay. It's the and, best. And one of my favorite sort of things that happens in documentaries is when. Uh, especially music documentaries is when people are like, it was crazy, man. There was a sex and drugs. And you're like, okay, well tell us one example of that. And it's like, just so many girls. Sure. Any story about any girl. I mean, it was just nuts with like the parties. Tell me about one party that, you know, just all the stuff. And it's like, it just leads you to believe like you're a virgin, aren't you? None of that. You drank water and went to your room. Um, and like and like to just display the craziness of it all they have is like sped up footage of them waving getting off an airplane like it's like it was crazy man it's like that's all you say it looks like them kind of rushing to a limousine carrying a guitar case it doesn't seem that nuts and but i was gonna tie that with um sort of a similar thematic thing with the last dance about I, the Chicago yeah. Bulls. Yeah, I that was that good. Originally and I swapped it yeah, in. Yeah, I was try I was thinking about that stuff, but then I was thinking like, are we doing like movie length documentaries or are I we know. doing like multi part? It, it's all all spare. It it was so hard, honestly, because then I wanted to check my work and make sure I just wasn't missing any like yeah. super obvious thing. And in doing so, I I think of myself as someone who's pretty fluent in documentaries and it made me realize oh god i'm i'm pretty ignorant here I yeah there's, oh, a, lot there's yeah. a lot to say there's a lot to say but those are 
boy, those are all great. And that was very, very fun to talk about. Did did you play the top five uh, theme when we got I into did. the top I five? I did. I feel like... I forgot to, yeah, because you I said I forgot to mention little... that's us singing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might be on a delay because you said I played it late, but I didn't, so... <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I, I did you not. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um yeah, that's us singing top five, which I always love to point out because yeah. it's the best thing we'll ever do. And and now, like we do on all of our shows, uh, we are going to end this program on a high note. <laughs> and there's Tom Gamble again singing our high note, which I love. And Goldie, we'll let you go last on a high note because it was a big show for you, emotional week. But uh, my high note thing was just this weird little story that I saw of a, a, it doesn't sound like a high note at first, but trust me, it has a happy ending. So a teenage girl went missing in North Carolina. And then a couple days later, they found her, rescued her. She had been kidnapped. And the way that somebody found her was she waved out a window to somebody with a sign that's popular on TikTok, which I'd never heard about, which is I'm in distress, which is basically like you tuck your thumb into your palm and you just wave like this, kind of oh my God. take your fingers around it. Whoa. And I had I had no idea that was even a thing, but you know, I, I kind of scoff at TikTok like it's all people dancing and, you know, right. influencers trying to make money and the the Logan Pauls and all these weird people. Yeah. But apparently there is something really good that yeah. came out of TikTok, which is that people now know this language. So if somebody's in danger and they let you know, this wow. this girl's now safe at home. So I thought that was a nice story. That's a that really is. nice story. Wow. Um, so my high note, I feel like, you know, every week it's about Stu, but it is. This good. Time, That's I, awesome. I got to see him play during the Nightmare Before Christmas I think nice. I talked about that, and That's I went fun. both Friday and Sunday, and it was incredible. You might have seen the posts and crowd-wise. Yeah, How so. could you not? I know. You were but flooding your timeline. Yeah, I just, you know, I can't help it. I'm a proud wife. Yeah. Um, so, Good. yeah, that was incredible, and it was, yeah. That's awesome. My high, my high That's note. great. Congrats So you're, you, you, I don't think you're going to make fun of me for this, but this is going to sound like a bleak high note, but it is indeed a high note. But, okay. you know, when, when my uh, mother-in-law had this massive heart attack and she, and she called 911 and these paramedics showed up and, and they gave her CPR and for a while they were ultimately unable to revive her. But I, I just, you know, want to people to remember there are teams of people out there who do this work who as much as it sucks to lose my mother-in-law you know to have be the person doing that cpr and not bring them back and then to have to wear that day after day after day um it's something i have a lot of appreciation for that that people go out and do this and that they're they're you know it's easy to be cynical about about the world but even when things don't go right you know, there are a lot of great people trying to do a lot of good and that, you know, even when it doesn't go their way, I just want them to to remember them and to thank them for going about their work in a, in a dignified way. And it's yeah. a lot more That's valuable beautiful. than fucking comedy writing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yes, yeah. absolutely true. That's very well said and uh, a great way to end the show. And we'll remind you before we go 
You can follow us on Instagram at a typical disgusting display, and you can email us any questions or comments at uh, a typical disgusting display at gmail.com. Yes, right. We're going to read some next week. Yes, yeah. we are. Find some we really are. Nice and you ones. know what? We're going to have a guest next week. We're teasing it. It's called Tease. Um, our guest will be the great Lou Schneider. Uh, writer of Everybody Loves Raymond, writes on the Goldbergs. He's awesome, and we cannot wait to talk to him. Yeah. Great guy. Um, and he's hilarious. He's going to do all the heavy lifting. Can't <laughs> wait. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we can take a load off. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you, too, for being awesome. And uh, we will be talking to you soon. Well, a lot to chew on.